Welcome to another episode of Dr. Sex Fairy. I'm Dr. Kamal Bhava and I am here to transform your life. Today is a very interesting day. We have the best podcast ever lined up for you. Today we are calling our podcast The State of the Date. And we have with us the podfather himself, Brian Howie, the man, the myth, the legend behind the number one dating and relationship podcast in the world, ladies and gentlemen, the great love debate. Hi, Brian. Hi, how are you? I am That's so happy to have intro. you. I should just bring you around, introduce me to people like that. Yeah. State of the day, because before we get to sex, usually, usually there should be a date. Sometimes. Or two. Unless, Sometimes. Unless you're in Amsterdam. Unless you're an aunt, well, I don't know. Is that a date? Kind of. Some people consider it a, a date. A date is spending time together. Well, they're spending time Quality together time in a fun and, way. And exchanging information. So well, I suppose that's a date. Well, don't judge other people I know. who have a different Amsterdam date. definition. Good of, idea, people out there. Yeah, Ask there somebody go. out on an Amsterdam date. See Amsterdam how that goes. dates, yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at a very interesting statistic. Yeah. It said that 47% of all Americans say that dating is harder today than it was 10 years ago. Yes and no. If you asked people 10 years ago, <laughs> I'm sure it was, I would like to hear the same thing 10 years ago. If you asked somebody 10 years ago, was dating harder 10 years ago, they probably said the same thing. So it's a perpetual cycle of, of misery and, uh, and um, non-optimism, pessimism. Um, a lot has changed in the last 10 years, though. There's basically four things that have, and I don't know when that poll was, but let's assume it was in the last year. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Five things have been thrown into the dating pot that either didn't exist 10 years ago or have changed in how they affect dating. Okay. The number one thing and the biggest factor of the last 10 or 15 years is this sort of blurring shifting of traditional gender roles when it comes to dating, okay? The rise of the independent woman. The women um, have ramped up their independent, I don't need a man, masculine energy. Mm-hmm. If anything, the men have become um, more pussified. Is that a word? Uh, it's not, but I'll take it. Um, so the women have gotten a little harder. The men have gotten a little softer. And this disconnect, which will shake itself out eventually, but in in terms of sort of two generations of daters, it has really thrown the balance off where it used to be sort of the boys knew what to do and the girls knew what to do. Now it's sort of all blended and blurred together. That's a huge factor because a lot of men who are already too hesitant are now even more hesitant to, to make a move for generations. Men were essentially shooting at a 10 foot basket to use a basketball metaphor to get into your world. Now we're shooting at a 12 foot basket because you need us less. And that, and guys, you got to step up, you know, juice is worth the squeeze and all. But it has really, it has really thrown things off. And men have to now start learning how to shoot at a 12 foot basket. The thing that, that sort of filled this gap, the band aid in between the sort of the, the, this blurred general situation is technology, is the dating apps, is social media. You know, we used to have to go up to you and, 
Back in the 1950s, we have to go up to you, ask you to dance, and then dance with you. So, guys, you think it's harder now. Try it back then. where you had to dance before you could even talk to her. Mm-hmm. But this, I'm going to hide behind my Facebook page and my dating profile and, and all these things before we interact, that has taken away a lot of the face-to-face, spontaneous interaction that we used to have. I always say the best dating site is Earth meaning that we used to be able to encounter people in all aspects of life. Now people look at dating as something that I need to do online for safety reasons before we move offline. So that's a factor where people think it's harder because they don't really know how to use those tools properly. Back in the 1930s, people were probably complaining that they used something called the telephone. Imagine. Some woman was probably like, I can't believe that guy called me, you know? How rude. Rude. That was a factor. Um. Trump, politics are a factor when it comes to dating that did not exist 10 years ago. You might, 10 years ago, you might have dated somebody or been married to them for five years without ever really knowing how they voted. Didn't come up. Now people are. Now they want to know where you stand on Trump either way, like before the appetizer comes. Like it is that prevalent. It is on dating sites. It is like no Trumpers or no Hillary fans, right? Like that comes up early. That you're throwing, you're throwing a contentious, you know, bit of animosity into what shouldn't be. It shouldn't be like that. No, I agree. In fact, the statistics are that 47% of Republicans or Republican leaners mm-hmm. will not date somebody seriously if they voted for Hillary Clinton. And I say that all the time. The guys who say that, I, or, or if say men say that or women say that, I'm like, I could line up a thousand women who, vote, who voted for Hillary Clinton, you go out with every single one of That's them. That's so funny. They imagine that. It's this checkbox syndrome. It's the same thing with Trump supporters. So many Democrats won't date them. Period. End of story. Won't even entertain the thought. Right. Dem- I, and I say, the Democrat women usually won't date. If Democrat men, there's too many good-looking women you're leaving on the table, like gun-toting, <laughs> gun-toting women from Texas who, who, yeah. who you absolutely would date. People believe they wouldn't date them, but, you know, like I said, 10 years ago, you wouldn't ask these things. Yes. Another thing that came up in the last 10 years and in the last three years, and rightfully so, is sort of the Me Too movement. So mm-hmm. a couple of things that did, it, it took dating or at least flirtation out of the workplace, which is, so you're taking away where people spend, you know, 60% of their waking hours during a week and suddenly that pool is off limits to you. That absolutely makes it harder. It does. I mean, these are people you spend most of your awake time with on a regular basis. And now, not only can't you really ask them out, you might get fired. It's not like you used to get rejected. Like, it's, it, you just can't do it in a lot of companies. That's made it harder. And then, of course, the last thing is, you know, locking us down for two years, <laughs> taking that's away the awful, bars and the restaurants awful, and yes. social time and face-to-face. That's a factor. So there's there's sort of five elements that have in the short term, made it more difficult, or at least people believe it's made it more difficult, but you only need one, you know? Yes. And that one is still there. So I think people like to have excuses and they want to blame the city and the play. It's never that you haven't met the right person. It's almost always that you haven't been the right person. So, you know, do the work, make the changes, and you'll be just fine. But people people always want to believe it's 
it's too hard out there. I like that. I like how you just said that. Yeah. Sometimes you're just not the right person. You're not being the right person. Yeah, or you're not ready to be the right person, or you're mm-hmm. not grown up enough, or you're not over your last relationship, or there's a hundred factors that you are personally responsible for the outcome of your dating fate. And sometimes people just, just want to look outward instead of looking inward to figure out what it is that I need to do to make the changes or to change the way I perceive things. You know, a lot of people, I always say, Three words you got to get rid of are the words, not my type. If you're over 30 and you're still single, you have no type. Your type is not working out for you. And I put myself into that category too. Oh, that's so funny. You have no, look, so your answers almost always lie somewhere outside of your comfort zone. And we're so used to, you believe you like this because you've dated people like this. Well, none of those people ever worked out for you. So maybe you should try like sitting across from somebody who you believe is not your type and you'd be surprised where that can go, you know? Very true. Maybe I should look into that. Yeah. You know, somebody's like, oh, I like blondes. I like tall men. I like mm-hmm. this. I like that. Maybe you don't, you know? Um, so that's what people, you know, I always think that people like to make excuses. We travel all over the world with the great love debate. Some places are easier than others. I, I, I will give you that. But most of the time, the answers you're in absolute, complete control of. Do you think online dating has caused more of the swipe, the next, next mentality, that we're not taking the people in front of us as seriously? I don't know. People say that. We used to walk around the bar 50 times. That was swiping until you found somebody you liked. Like, that's exactly the same thing. Like, that's what we would do. killing me. We would just walk around 50 times. Like, you're Mm -hmm. telling me that was any better? Are we giving anybody the time of day of swiping? No, we didn't. Um, Yeah, there's always a little bit of bigger, better deal or on to the next. I think the thing is, there's a lot of fear-based dating now. Like a lot of, you know, I've always said that the women look for red flags and the men look look for green lights. And I get that women have to be cautious and everything, but you shouldn't be going on a first date with the idea that I need to be able to get out of here in 45 seconds or whatever. We didn't used to date that way. We used to be able to pick you up and take you out and everything was reasonably fine. The women started watching Dateline Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. Lifetime movies and all this terrible shit. I find it very disconcerting when people just ever want to meet for a drink. Dinner is now a lost concept almost. Right, because people don't want to put in the time. Mm -hmm. They don't want to work through 45 seconds of awkwardness, which Mm -hmm. we all have initially in those dating. You know, people understand that hopefully... Sex isn't always great the first time because somebody's nervous or it's awkward or you're drunk or, and you got to get into that, the rhythm of what you like and don't like. Same thing with just meeting for a, a, a drink or an ice cream or anything that's short term. You have to understand that, well, maybe this wasn't perfect or it was the setting or I'm carrying some of my work stress to me and, and give everybody sort of another chance or a longer audition, tryout. Mm-hmm interview, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, to, to get to that place. And we're so quick to be like, who else is on my phone? Well, the same amount of people are on your phone or is in real world. Yes. If, like I said, you get your head out of your apps and look around, there's people, all, there's more people that you come in any city in America, any, any normal city. If you leave your house, go to work, go to yoga, walk the dog, go to the store, whatever, you're within 10 yards, 30 feet, of a thousand people of the opposite sex every single day, a thousand people. You're never going to get to that unless you give yourself a real bad case of carpal tunnel, tunnel syndrome, swiping oh. like crazy. You're <laughs> never going to get to a thousand people in a day. Yeah. So if you're telling me there's more opportunities online, there aren't. 
that being said, because it's such a normal way to do things now, you shouldn't rule that out either. You shouldn't, you know, you kind of have to diversify your, your dating portfolio. You got to look online, you got to look offline and, and always be open to, to the opportunities. I started, uh, the great love debate because I wrote a semi satirical, um, look at dating a book called how to find love in 60 seconds. And that's not about a quickie in the bathroom. That's about how every single day there's these 60 second sort of windows of opportunity that you can recognize, act on, and not dismiss where magic can happen in 60 seconds. It can just be a hello. It can be an encounter. It can be like, um, would you like to see a dessert menu? Like, it can be any of these things. Something simple. And we have eliminated that. We walk around with blinders on. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. If you want to find me, find me online. And that's a bad way today. So, yes, in some way it's harder, but every 10 years there's a new, there's a new batch, you know. I don't think it was any, any picnic for Adam dealing with Eve back in the day. You, no, you it know? wasn't. That's fine. <laughs> you know, you, know, you have she so seems many a little prickly. smart comments that you make, so many Brianisms. I need to start writing them down. Get your head out of your apps. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, I believe that. You know, we walk around with our head in our phones and... If you just sort of like pantomimed the action of what that looked like, let's say 20 years ago, if you walked around looking at your hand in, you know, 1992, people thought you were a lunatic. They would have, yes. And um, it's bad that I said 20 years ago is 1992. That's 30 years ago. 30 now, years what's ago. crazy? That, no, enough. that's not. That's <laughs> crazy that 1992, which I remember, is 30 years ago. Um, we didn't do that. We noticed people around us, you know? And people need to start noticing each other again. Agreed. So, so tell me, do you think it's easier for successful men to date than it is for successful women to date? Yeah. I hate to say that. I've always dodged that question. That's the first time I've ever answered it. Um, yes, only because his pool is bigger. I think, give me an age. If you're, say, 48, I'm 43. Okay. I'm a doctor. I'm His single. And it's miserable. Okay, you're 43. You don't realistically want to go out with a 25-year-old guy. No. And you probably don't want to go out with a 55-year-old guy. No. So your window of what will connect with you well, emotionally. Maybe the 55-year-old. Maybe, but he, but he might poop out. You know, who knows? Well, let's say 58. So the window of like what you are in line with lifestyle-wise, emotionally connect with is... It's smaller for him. Say he's 45. His pool's like 25 to 60. And it's just a much bigger, depending on, you know, his only factors is I'm going to date based on whether or not I want to have kids. Okay. If you're 43 and he wants three kids. That's not happening. It's not happening. So that takes some, some of the opportunities off of the table. And I hate to say that, but yeah, it does. It's hard for me because so many men don't know how to process my success. And it's not that I have an ego problem. It's like, I'll give you an example. I dated this one guy several years ago, and yeah. I finally had him come over to the house and pick me up. He brought me flowers, so we were you know, on a roll here. I thought right. this was going well. Right. He walks in, he looks at my house and throws his hands up literally and says, I can't afford this. And I looked at him and I said, and I quote, mm-hmm. Clearly, I'm doing just fine on my own, but that just got him because he nervous. needs he needs to feel, and I hate they don't he needs to feel needed, mm-hmm. okay. And if you have everything taken care of, 
that is the intimidation factor. It's not necessarily the money or the things. It's that there's nothing I can bring into her world to enhance it. And that's terrible. And that's male insecurity. And he's got to figure out, you know, you might have a long, tough day and, and, um, he might just need to play the violin to you to calm you down. That has some value. Mm -hmm. He needs to, and, and that's what the successful women need to do is find out what it is that you do need. And some women are like, it's about want, not need. Explain the difference between want and need. I want world peace. I need tater tots. Okay. (laughs) So, So which one sounds more passionate? Okay. That's what I need. I'll take the tater so, tots. So we need to know, like, what is the roadmap of things that you need? And then you have to figure out a way to communicate to that to him in a positive, encouraging way. Not why can't you do this? We, we need the, the, the pat on the nose just as often or more than, than we need the smack on the nose. And we're more, much more likely to get the smack on the nose. And I used to do some seminars for women, and, and, and I would ask them, what is it? What do you need to be happy? Or what is it that makes you happy? And the list of what made them unhappy was right there. The unhappy list was a lot more accessible and a lot more prominent in their minds because they spent more time thinking about that. And the list of what made them happy, they're like, huh, yeah, I don't really think about that or what they needed. And if you don't know, he's not going to know. Agreed. So a little bit of the burden for the woman is she has to paint a path, a roadmap to how he can fit in her successful world. Because not everybody has everything and nobody's life is complete. So you have to think, well, like, say he's less successful than me if we're judging success by money, which isn't necessarily a great thing, but let's just say that. There's a way that he can feel fantastic about himself and confident about himself and his place in your life. And a lot of women are like, he should know. He doesn't fucking know. All mm-hmm. he knows is what the last girl liked, and he probably found that out like five years too late. You know? <laughs> you guys are all different. Uh-huh. So women need to sort of think about it. What do I need? What am I missing? Who can bring this to me? Because a successful woman, I don't know, a lot of successful women are college-educated um, women. There is a, a disparity between the amount of college-educated women and college-educated men. It's, it's, it's up to like 60-40. Like 60% of college graduates are now women, and it's, it's going in that direction. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women think they need that sort of degree equality, equality, education equality, and they won't get involved with what my friend, the author, uh, John Berger, um, who's a very successful, uh, written a bunch of books about dating, what he calls mixed-collar relationships or marriages. He thinks that's where the answer lies. And a lot of women are like, no, I'm not going to date that um, contractor, even though he probably makes a ton of money because in her mind she's like, we are not intellectual equals. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you just have piece of paper i don't know about no that. I, I think my most dysfunctional <coughs> dating relationship was with another doctor yeah he was insane i know i'm like i'm like you know i don't i wouldn't a man wouldn't even rarely even asks and it's not that he's doesn't care about her he's like he doesn't care about that i don't care where she went to school i don't doesn't tell me you know doesn't tell me you're smart doesn't tell me anything you could be nuts you know i want to i want to find out about you and too often we're you know looking at this list of things that we need and want. I need my equal on this level. Well, even if you made a list of 100 things, you're still leaving like 10,000 things out. So we have to give each other the opportunity to sort of get rid of the words no and just find out about what you really do like. And, you know, you're the sex fairy here. A lot of people do that in the bedroom. 
Yes. They go to uncomfortable or unfamiliar or adventurous places mm-hmm. to try and find that, find new things or find new pleasure. I don't know why we don't do that with the people that we talk to with our clothes on. Agreed. So tell me, since you brought sex up, <clears throat> sex on a first date is still a controversial issue. What are your thoughts about it? Well, I'll give you a stat. Mm-hmm. If you surveyed thousand happy couples, happy couples, and you said, when did you first have sex? The number one answer is the first date. The number two answer is the second date. The number three answer is the third date, and it goes down from there. I'm not saying if you have sex on the first date, it's an automatic you know, waver into happiness. It means that those people felt something. They rode that wave. They had that chemistry. They didn't play games. And they, they just sort of it. went there. So you can wait till you believe you are somewhere in this relationship or you're in a committed monogamous, blah, blah, blah. And women, you know, admit this to me all the time. If the sex sucks, she's out of there. Suddenly she's not so committed anymore. Yeah. I don't think you're in a committed relationship until you have sex. Like you need to know. You need to know. Yes. So you can play all these games you want. It doesn't really matter. Having sex on the first date, do it if you want, don't do it if you want. Understand that it's not really a referendum on anything, nor should it be a reward for anything. You do it when you want to do it, and you have to be able to to handle the fact that it might not mean the same thing to the other person. And withholding sex is often an issue in relationships overall, Mm -hmm. because it's seen as too much of a punishment or a reward, not just, you know... Or a favor. Or a favor, yes. Birthdays and anniversaries, you know? Yes. It shouldn't be that. It should be what it is and have its own life. And sex doesn't mean intimacy and sex doesn't, you know, necessarily. So a lot of people have these hard and fast rules. Like you got to wait three dates, 30 days, all that. And like, it doesn't mean anything. Every circumstance is different. I know somebody who says she never has, she always has sex with them a second time. So she can say she never had a one night stand. (laughs) (laughs) You know, to each their own, whatever you got to do to feel good about yourself. But um, you know, it has as good a chance of working as anything else and uh, waiting till you, you know, cre- find some mythological common ground that doesn't really exist. I mean, have at it, but I think people should do whatever they want. Um, a lot of women will have sex with the guy if they don't really like him. I run into that a lot. And, and why do you think that's the case? Because they're like, then I don't care. Then I won't care if I don't hear from him. I just want the sex. And if I like him, I won't because if I have sex and I like him, I'll get hurt. Hmm. You know, women, men are afraid of being rejected and women are afraid of being hurt. And that drives a lot of our behaviors. It's very well said and very true. Yeah. So. Maybe that's why you're the man, the myth, the legend. Well, I mean, a lot of that too. I mean, if people always ask me like, what is actually the state of the date or what is, you know, we have had millions of people listen to the podcast and we've done our live show all over the world. And it pretty much comes down to this. The women want the men to try harder and the men want the women to make it easier. That's it. And if we just took a half step back towards each other again, I think that's possible. It doesn't have to be way easier. It doesn't have to try way harder. If we just like came a little bit back closer, I think, I think we'd be fine. But it's this like weird standoff now that it doesn't help. And maybe we did that 10 years ago and 20 years ago and maybe it always ha- ha- happens, but... You know, Compromise. You have dating, to come you know, each other, yes. You know, you usually don't have to, to call her dad to ask her on a date like you used to be. So it's not harder than it was in, you know, 1640. What, <laughs> that's true. That's true. 
You know, there's a lot of layers of clothes that she had to wear then. That sucks too, you know? Yeah, and uh, back in uh, India when I was growing up, it wasn't quite what it is here in the U.S. I mean, my suitors, if I may call them that, had to ask my father for permission. And you know what? And, and you know, not to, to get too deeply into Indian culture here, but if you want to talk about the traditional, like, arranged marriage kind of thing, the people, the couples that were are in those... They're generally, they're like, we're going to make it work. The little things don't break them up. I, 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 a lot of things like gay men, generally once they're in a relationship, that relationship's a lot more solid than, than heterosexual couples because the things that break up heterosexual couples don't even come up in a lot of gay couples. Mm-hmm. They're like, of course you check that dude out. So am I. We're both checking <laughs> that dude out. You know, they understand the nature of their partner. Uh-huh. So... No, you know, dating, sex, it's just, they go hand in hand. It's so tricky sometimes, and it doesn't really need to be. It doesn't need to be. But, you know, we've lost the ability to approach somebody at Whole Foods. Yes. Or Starbucks. Know, and people are like, why are you talking to yes, me? Yes, people don't want to be left. People just want to be left alone. And like they you do. talked about me too. You know, it's harder for men, but it's also harder for women. It's awkward now. You don't know what you can and can't say. People don't have a sense of humor anymore. You're afraid of offending everyone in this cancel culture. I've been in um, Hollywood for last most of the last 20 years or so. I know a lot of women, a lot of actresses who are like, I hate the way it is now. My sexuality, my flirtation, these are all part of what I could use. And I felt empowered by it. You know, Sharon Stone famously was like, tell me who to have sex with to get the part. I just need to know the right person. You know, she felt like I'm in control of this because uh-huh. she's like, I'm not going to pretend the world isn't like this. And just because he's not hitting on me openly doesn't mean he's not thinking about me. And so a lot of women are like, I was fine with the way things are. It was another weapon that if I wanted to use it, I used it. And now, she, you know, she's like, oh, my God, I got to just I just got to just get by on my talent. Mm-hmm. And your odds in Hollywood are like a million to one to make it anyway. So some people are like, I needed that extra tool if necessary. So I'm not saying everybody feels that way, but there's a lot of women who do feel that way. And it started to come around in the, not to get too far off on the me too thing, but it started to come around about a year ago that a lot of women, you know, a lot of women thought that the women were all on the same page and they're not on the same page. And the men are like, we can feel that they're not on the same page. And so they're taking a step back. Like, when you guys figure out we're supposed to do, let us know. But this sort of girl-on-girl crime, like, wait, you're going to scare off the good guys here too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that leads to, to what we call sort of this, this coming storm that I don't know what we're going to do about because it's, it's practically here. The kid who's, I don't know, 15 now, he's going to see a pretty girl – He's going to take a picture of her. He's going to go home. He's going to upload that picture. Then he's going to put on a helmet, and a virtual version of her is suddenly going to appear, talk to him, call him by his name, give him a reasonably satisfying experience. That kid's never going to ask out a girl in real life, ever. This combination of sort of PlayStation and porn is coming. This is a video game where it's he can be like, oh, there's Ariana Grande in my thing, and she'd call me by my name. And you could tell him it's not as good. He doesn't know it's not as good because he never had it. It doesn't cost him any money. He's not breaking his heart. This is fine. This is stimulating enough. Eventually, those helmets are going to be able to really tap into his brain waves, and 
he's going to warm up and do all kinds of things. What do we do about that? Because those people are never going to ask somebody out. It's taking the human element out of it even more. Right. I mean, now you can put on a helmet and go to Fiji and be like, get 80% mm-hmm. of the experience. You know, there's a thing here at the museum where you can go to Machu Picchu, is that what it's mm-hmm. called? Mm-hmm. It's probably really good to do that. It's not as good as going there, but it also doesn't cost any money. You also don't have to go there for a week and climb and do all that stuff. People are like, yeah. that's fine. That's where we're going with this sort of virtual dating situation, and that is the worry, that those dudes, they're going to be scared out of the nest, and they're going to be like, I'm not doing that. I don't want to get rejected. I don't want to get my heart broken. I don't want to get fired. Those girls are never going to talk to me anyway, so they're going to make a you know, 70% of the real thing, virtual version and put on a helmet and, and that's it. So I don't know what we do about that. I don't know either. Because we hear sons. all day long, we don't mm. need the men. I don't need a man. You know, I feel that I am relatively successful, but I want a traditional relationship in the sense that I want a man who wants to protect me, who wants to be there for me, mm-hmm. who wants to open the door for me. I want those things, and I see I, them less and less. Well, because the men, it's not that chivalry's dead. It's that they don't know how to use it. Because if you hold the door for a lot of millennials, um, she's like, she's like, you know, she's like, do you think I'm weak? She's like, she's like, do you think I'm weak that you had to hold the door for me? You know, we get, we get things like that, like, like, they don't know how to act. Like, why did you hold the door? Do you think I'm not strong enough to hold the door? There's a real reaction to that. In certain cities, it's worse. You go to a place like San Francisco that's very sort of progressive, independent feminist. They don't want any part of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Why are you paying for this? Do you think I can't pay for this? And so these guys are like, I don't need it. I don't need the shit. And they're just withdrawing. And that's a big percentage of the dating pool. And then on the other side, a lot of women have heard all these stories, and Mm -hmm. rightfully so. A lot of men are assholes. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you know what? I'm validated in the way I felt. These men do suck. I don't need that either. And they're dropping out. Mm -hmm. But the people that are left, I'm going to sell a little hope here. The people that are dating now and going into 2022 as we record this, they are more curious. They are more introspective. They are more vulnerable. They're doing the work. They're asking the questions. They're trying more. We still do a lot of great love debate live shows. Better crowds in terms of engagement and enthusiasm and excitement. You know, two years ago, like summer of 2019, there were a lot of people who were like, you know what? Dating's too hard. I'm going to sit home with Netflix and, and my dog and go to yoga and drink my wine and I don't need it. I don't need any of the guys. And what the last two years or so did was they forced people to, to experience what that would be like and they did miss it and they didn't like it and they do like the excitement of a date and the nervousness of to being around people and a hug and all the way up to sex, all these things, the physical touch, they got to experience in real time what they kind of thought they might like better mm-hmm. and they don't like it better. So it was good that we went through that because the other side of that is people are excited to, to engage again and to meet. And to be at a bar again. Be at a bar again. Be in a bed with somebody else again. You know, people people missed a lot of the real-life interaction. It's not as good on a Zoom. No, it's not. It's not. It's good face-to-face. And, and that, was the, that was the best thing that come out of the last two years was that people were like, you know what, I need guys need to around. Get out I need again. girls around. I, I like that energy. I like that feeling and uh, being around people. Yeah. So, you, so you once asked me what my best or worst dating experience was. So now yeah. you tell me. 
Oh, my best or worst dating experience? You choose, or both. Either or both. I'll give you one that sort of fits your show here. So um, I was going out with this girl, or I asked her out, girl. She'll be mad. See, I can't even say girl anymore, you know? You don't even have to say People get offended. Woman, chick. Um, She's very successful. And uh, we're going out to dinner, and I had to meet her at her office. Uh, This is in Las Vegas. I had to meet her at her office. She's a big marketing exec. And I'm like, okay. We go to her office. I go to pick her up to go, and she goes, listen, I know this is going to think I'm weird, but we have to make a stop before we go to dinner. And I'm like, all right, where do you do you need to pick something up? She's like, sort of. And I go, where are we going? She goes, we have to go to a sex shop. And part of me is like, whoa. And part of me is like freaky. And she goes, it's not what you think. My best friend, um, husband is in, is in town for a bachelor party. And she wants me to get a bunch of like blow up dolls and sex toys and, and stick in his hotel room for, for when they get there is kind of a joke. And she goes, so we, we got to go to the sex shop. And I'm like, okay. And so we went to that together, and she was so kind of cool but embarrassed, but you're going to be telling people this story in years, and, and I just got to do that. But it, it really broke down a lot of walls for the date. And mm-hmm. she's like, you think this is the right side? you think he'd like this? And I'm like, I think. And she goes, why, do you like that? And it was just a really <laughs> fun thing that by the time we got to dinner, talking about normal things was, was very, very um, – relaxing and it was a great date after that and i'm still friends with her to this day and she brings that up all the time she's like do you still tell people about the girl who made you go to the sex store before dinner i'm like i do i tell them it's a great story and it was a great date yeah because it was unusual you know and you let those barriers go yeah she had to she's like listen we're gonna (laughs) she's like if this is gonna work out we're gonna have to have these conversations eventually Yeah. yeah um yeah it was super cool it was a fun date so, yes. Now, I'm not saying that's for everyone and don't intentionally do it. She had a good reason to do it. But it had kind of shook both of us out of our – she was in work mode and I was in date mode. And we both at, you know, 6 o'clock still light out, had to go to this sort of freaky sex store and uh, Las in Vegas, Vegas. No less. And um, it was super fun. Yeah. Well, yeah. a good conversation this has been, Brian. See? It's not that hard. It's not that hard. People should be able to just talk about, about sex stores and stuff. And blow up dolls. Blow up dolls. Yeah. With the, with the sex fairy, Dr. Sex Fairy That's herself. That's right. The sex fairy, she sprinkled a little fairy dust and here we are. See, here we are. Talking about blow up dolls. Blow up dolls, sex, dating, mm-hmm. love, me too, all of those things. Trump all and Hillary. Trump and Hillary. Everything. See, we brought Trump and Hillary on this conversation. See what happens? See, see what happens? I know. You and I are out of control. I know. So, Brian, tell our listeners where they can find you. Uh, you can go to greatlovedebate.com. Uh, you can see our live tour schedule. Uh, we'll see how we add shows into 2022. Our link to our podcast are there. You can find it on all the platforms. And if you have a question for me, a comment, or you don't like something that we said about the current uh, dating landscape, the state of the date, shoot me an email, greatlovedebate at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed the Dr. Sex Fairy podcast today. I would love to continue this conversation with you. If you would like my top three secrets for amazing sex, send me an email at askme at drsexfairy.com and I will share them with you. Don't forget to follow this podcast and leave me a five-star review. Until next time.